if you have from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Trust me, it is a feel-good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle. Even though probably where you are, you are either getting rain, have gotten rain, or will be getting rain. One of those three is likely to hold true if you are listening in the greater central Virginia area. If you're listening on our app or online and you're miles and miles away, this is an inconsequential start to the program for you. But for those of you on terrestrial old-fashioned radio 1061 ESPN or listening high-tech variety in our area, been a lot of rain. Plenty of it coming in today, but we are in the studio today, and it is a feel-good Thursday edition of The Huddle because Sean Robertson, at least for the first hour, is here. So hour one is a feel-good Thursday edition of the Sports Auto. Bob and Sean with you on a Thursday afternoon, getting you through the raindrops. It is not a sun-splashed Thursday. It is a rain-splashed Thursday. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. We missed you last week. You did an unbelievable job by all accounts. And it's up there, archived, if people don't believe it and want to hear it. But I hope you had fun with it. Thank you for filling in while I was out last Thursday. As I like to say, hopefully that is the start of something. That is the start of something all over again. When we have our regular hosts who aren't here, we've gotten in the habit of just flipping the switch and going to ESPN Radio National Network. But I've had enough people say to me, we love the local talk. So we're trying to get the local voices to fill in when we do take some time off. So you could be on the cutting edge. You could be the trendsetter (laughs) of us getting back to local hosts even when the regular host is out. What is the old adage from your mouth to God's ears? We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Hopefully that that played out. But, yeah, it was was different being in in the head chair. Hmm. I I hadn't been in the head. You had a lot of guests, right? I did. We had uh, Coach uh, Darren Sawaski who guaranteed – a kicker's win. Did last. he really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He said it was going to happen. He said, "I guarantee you, we're going to win." And lo and behold, they did. Two nothing shutout over uh, Chattanooga. I, I saw him today. I was like, "Can you guarantee another one?" And he was like, "Eh, I can't do it this this week." That's like, a confident coach right he, there. Yeah. Try getting one of our football coaches that we interview every week Woo. to do that sometime. I don't think that's happening. I wonder soon. out of out of all of them that you've come across. Who's the one that would actually stick his neck out and say, yes, I will guarantee a win that Wow. Do you see Russ doing that? I was going to say, I don't think, well, privately, Russ would do that. Privately, (laughs) Russ has done that. (laughs) And I I won't say against what teams. I don't want to get in any trouble. But just sitting in his office on a Friday when we get our time together and we're relaxed and the microphone's not on, that has happened. Yeah. But when the, when the light is red, I don't think I don't think there's a University of Richmond coach that would do that. I don't think I'm trying you don't to think go Dan back from 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 uh, lacrosse. No, I definitely don't think really? he would. Really? Nah. I, I, Dick Tarrant might have done it back in the day. Okay. Beeline? Uh, no, I think he has too much respect for the game. Not that Coach Tarrant doesn't right. also, but Coach Tarrant could be outspoken at times. Right. And when his team was terrible, he let everybody know that. <laughs> but I think when they were really good and they were playing a team at home, he at the very least he would say, we should win this game. But not like, a guarantee. Yeah, but I don't know. The guarantee thing, 
Like uh, I'm trying to think, just non Richmond coaches. Yeah. Like maybe like Will Wade at VCU. I could see maybe that. Maybe he he would have. I could definitely see um, that. Yeah. I don't. Know. I don't see Mooney doing that. No. Oh, without a doubt, no I way. I don't see. Mooney I didn't think Mike Rhodes would have done it. I don't think Ryan no. Odom has the personality to do it. No. Um, but it, but but actually, Rose surprised me when the whispers. You know, uh, I forget the caller. Like in early the early part of the mm-hmm. year, you know, whispering mm-hmm. about, hey, mm-hmm. maybe we need a new voice. And he said it really didn't matter, but he had said it multiple times, so it was almost like. Yeah, I'm letting you know it did, but I'm not really, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of surprised me because he's not one to use that as fuel publicly, but he did to me in a way use that to say, hey, let's show these guys that I am the right voice for this program. And they, you know, wound up uh, going to the tournament. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he would just say, nah. I guarantee, oh, and he would say, I think we need a win. Yeah, we oh, should, absolutely. They especially say at that. home, but. Yeah. What about some of your high school coaches, particularly the guys with these dominant teams that that win week wow. in week? They win every week anyway. Do you think any of them would? Lauren would not. I think privately he would say the same yeah. thing. Uh, he wouldn't say it publicly. I don't think Lauren would say it. Pri- I'm sorry, he wouldn't say it publicly. But when the mics are off and he's amongst a close circle, he would say, "No, we're going to win." Mm-hmm. Uh. That's a hard thing. I, I thought Most coaches Stu, I, won't do yeah, that. Yeah, I thought Stu Brown would have that that type, that uh, that personality type that would say it. I can't remember him saying we're guarant- we're going to guarantee a win. Yeah. I don't think the there's some guys that probably have the personality to do it. They just haven't done it. But when we when we turn the mic off, it was like, no, we're going to win this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a few I could see doing that and have done it. But if we do the interview. Not to say, hey, no, we're going to, to well, do it because, like I said, you're going to see this guy after right, after the game, yeah. And uh, well, good for Coach yeah, Zawatsky. He, 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 he came pulled out. that out of him. That's a good interviewer yeah. right there for you to he, pull that out. And I, I say this all the time, and AJ and I, we go over this all the time. I'm not a big soccer fan, yeah, but I'm a big Darren Sawatsky and oh, Richmond yeah. kickers. No fan. question, because I think the question was about they had tied Knoxville, and I know he's big on winning points. At home, and this mm-hmm. was the this was a three game home stand, and he hadn't he only had one point to that situation, and you know talk about how big was the game, and it was going to be a big crowd and fireworks and everything like that, and um, you know he I think he just came out and said you know we're gonna we're going to win this game, I guarantee we're going to win this game, hmm. and wow. then and then I was like real, I'm like okay, I kind of looked at AJ and he you know like it was a guarantee, and I was like wow. Huh. And didn't didn't back away until this week when I said we're gonna guarantee one of you. You know, my talks. I don't know. Not this time. I'm one and done. Yeah, I'm not pushing the envelope again. But That's, I guess he knew the 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 importance. He didn't want to go winless at home and just get that one point, knowing mm-hmm. what the other teams had done ahead of them. And I think right now two points separate like first and six uh, in the standing. So that was a big three points that they got Saturday. And then going to Union Omaha, which they've they've done fairly well at their place. It's like some unique setup where they actually play their games on like outfield on a, on oh, a baseball, baseball outfield. Yeah, baseball outfield. Have to get pretty, our guy AJ on all of this. Yeah, and yeah. it's pretty narrow, all you know, down the field. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. But he did not guarantee a win. Not this time. This, this Saturday. Uh, who else did you have last week? Because you had like we four had, guests. Uh, Michael you? Phillips came on. Oh yeah. Talked to Commanders. We had uh, Zach Joaquin from the RTD uh, who does VCU basketball and also high school. And we had Danny Lewis from VirginiaPreps.com. Wow. 
Talk star-studded about lineup. Two first-time guests. Danny and Zach had never been on, from what they told me. So we had them on. They talked high. Danny talked high school football and recruiting. Zach talked VCU. Talked about the pairings. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Patrick, uh, the international, the German uh, pro who was going to come to VCU, yeah. but then decided to stay, stay home and play professionally. And he also talked a little bit of high school football as well because he still dabbles with that. From t- I forgot to even mention about Tim Perrell. Uh, retiring, it totally slipped my mind until after the show. Yeah, and I then haven't seen him since the big retirement. But yeah, he's a uh, that's that's a that's a huge loss, and they're gonna have to have multiple yeah. multiple people. To I actually fill. saw Tim at the Diamond that on night? the Friday night when they honored him. That would have been the next night. You yeah. you had the Thursday show. Yeah, Friday night that was a doubleheader, and yeah. uh, Tim got to throw out a first pitch. Oh, did he? They cool. gave him a squirrel's jersey with the number forty on it for his forty years. Cool. Had family and friends were all there. He hates all that stuff. By oh, yeah. The way. He's one oh, of those yeah. guys that's in the back. He mm-hmm. doesn't like any of that. But he was standing there with Michael Phillips, and I went over and talked with him and Parney. Yeah. It was great. You know, and uh, Michael Phillips, who won uh, Sports Writer yep. of the Year, just got that award at yep. the uh, Down in National Salisbury. Sports Media. It's no longer in Salisbury. It's oh, they in moved Winston-Salem. It. Oh, part Our, of the, My uh, buddy Dave Gorin moved it to where he lives. Which part of the triad. That. So, yes. Nice. So it's in Winston-Salem. So, Michael Phillips uh, won that award. So you had a couple of award winners. Yeah, you know, and certainly. I forgot to mention, I forgot to, to introduce yeah. Phillips as the award. Uh, yeah, that's all right. He's, he doesn't care. He's but, modest. But he us. wants you up there for, for training camp. Really? Out, yeah. He was like, it will it won't be the same if you guys are not up there. I would you know, love to do that. Because we talked about Richmond now officially will never. Done. You know, they're, they're, we knew they're that. Done. Yep, they're done. Um, the worst kept secret. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was yeah. like, right. let's get let's Good get Bob stuff. and those folks up to uh, up to training camp I'm in Ashburg. We'll go. <laughs> All right, we only got you for an hour because you got to go to Channel 6, yes. anchoring on the 6 o'clock news. So be sure to watch CBS 6 tonight and you'll catch Sean on air with the sportscaster in the 6 o'clock news. Here's what you're going to catch on this afternoon's Sports Huddle. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown, brought to you by our friends at the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. We urge you to support the local RVA community. You can volunteer your services or you can donate blood to the Red Cross. To learn out, learn how you can help during this critical time, visit redcross.org. Two guests today, one topic, baseball. (laughs) (laughs) You might think I scheduled these guests. Well, I had a little bit of help from our guy, Robert, uh, and we went ahead and scheduled both of them today. Uh, Chelsea James from the Washington Post is going to join us here in just a few minutes. I'm not sure where either one of these reporters are right now because they're both national reporters. Chelsea might be at the Nationals game. And they just took the lead. Yeah, this uh, afternoon because they got an overturned call. Yeah. They also had a long rain delay, and now it's brilliant sunshine. So no imagine question. that's coming to us, too. Hopefully. Yeah. So anyway, Chelsea James will join us here in just a few minutes. We'll talk the national baseball landscape with her. And then right after 5 o'clock, uh, veteran Bob Nightingale from USA Today covering the national baseball scene. He's going to join us as well. So plenty of fill on the baseball front this afternoon. And we'll get you updated on some scores. As Sean just said, the Nats just took the lead on the Reds. 2-1 to one in the bottom half of the fifth inning. The Tigers beat the A's 9-0. Heard that score on ESPN Sports Center as well. All right, let's get the break in so we'll get right to it. Baseball talk coming. Chelsea James from the Washington Post is next. And then Bob Nightingale from USA Today at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. With Sean Robertson, I'm Bob Black. Uh, thank you for being with us on the Thursday afternoon Feel Good edition of the Sports Huddle. Go Braves! 
the boys of summer are doing their thing in the ATL. One of the most exciting seasons ever. Stay on top of every Braves game here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. As promised, we are going to do a lot of talking baseball on the Sports Huddle this afternoon between now and 6 o'clock, along with Sean Robertson from CBS 6, co-hosting with me this afternoon. Bob Black with you from our ESPN Richmond Studios, 1061 ESPN. And we thank you for locking in this afternoon. Let's get to some of that baseball talk with the national baseball writer for the Washington Post, who hasn't been with us in a while. We're glad she has come back to join us and talk some baseball this afternoon. Chelsea Janes, you can follow her on Twitter as well, at Chelsea underscore Janes. And of course, in the Washington Post. Chelsea, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Good to catch back up with you. And uh, we'll kind of expand our horizons a little bit here since I have the uh, Cincinnati-Washington game on the TV screen in our studio. Uh, let me start there, and we'll kind of go from there. And we carry the Atlanta Braves, so you know we're going to bring them up as well. Yeah. But, but what do you make of this, this Cincinnati team that has kind of taken the baseball community by storm a little bit this year, right? I mean, they're leading the Central. They're nine games over 500. I know they're down right now to the Nationals, but they've won four in a row. They've got the young and the old, right? Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. They got Joey Votto. We keep our eye on a young man, Andrew Abbott, because he pitched at UVA, is doing great. What do you make of the Reds? You know, I think they are a really interesting study in how quickly things can come together. You know, if your farm system is producing talent, both on the pitching side and offensively. I mean, you know, a lot of their success this year has has come largely on the back of really young guys. I mean, Andrew Abbott is one example. A lot of really young pitchers who kind of took their knocks over the last few years or, or didn't have a lot of big league experience but were ready when the call came. And I think, you know, as someone who kind of watches through the lens of, of Washington baseball, I think it shows you that, like, if you get the system in order, you don't have to spend – you don't have to have everything go perfectly for things to come together. You just have to have a few big pieces of young talent. And then, you know, it's kind of a, a sport where a bunch of young players who don't know better can can go a long way. So we had Al Galdi on yesterday from the Nats Chat Podcast and many other uh, broadcast platforms. And he tried to give everyone hope, too, about the Nationals, as you just alluded to. But can you see some of what the Washington Nationals are trying to do in what the Cincinnati Reds have done? You know, I think the thing that they have to prove in this second rebuild is that they can develop more big league-ready pitching and, frankly, better big league hitting. I mean, I think, you know, the the, the good Nats, you know, of old, I guess, kind of were built on the back of a couple of, of no-brainer first-round picks in Strasburg and Harper and Anthony Rendon. And, you know, those guys panned out. But what they didn't do that well was bring up the marginal guys, the guys who weren't supposed to be the no-brainers, they never kind of got lucky. It wasn't like anyone overachieved. And I think what the Reds have seen is is guys who they didn't necessarily expect to be the best player in the organization, you know, being better than they thought. And I think that's something the Nats need to kind of have happen if they're if they're going to turn things around quickly. And, and maybe it is happening. You know, it's hard to tell looking at the minor leagues, you know, from afar sometimes. But you know, Jake Irvin, for example, I think has been better than they thought. You just need a lot more of those, and, and you need them to keep coming. So the draft's going to be important next weekend, and um, you know it seems like they're going to get a really good player at the top. Mm-hmm. 
With that being said, Chelsea, where do you see them going in the draft? You know, what position are they looking at? Or do you think, given where they are, they go for the best available player? You know, it's funny. I mean, we say last time they got lucky because they got Harper and Strasburg in back-to-back years. It looks like they're going to get lucky again because Paul Steens from LSU and and Dylan Cruz, the outfielder, um, are – of that level. I mean, people say Skeens is the best pitcher to come out of college since Strasburg. So, um, you know, they pick second overall. Presumably one of those guys will be available, maybe both, uh, if the Pirates go a different direction at the top. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But one of the things, you know, people say is as good as Skeens is, you know, Dylan Cruz is, is kind of one of those hitters that you, you cannot miss. So, I think they're going to be in good shape either way as, as long as they go with one of those two guys. But um, it looks like they have picked a good year to be as high in the draft as they are, you know, much like they didn't pick it, but much like happened, you know, a decade or so ago. And with Martinez, given uh, what he has done in this rebuilding period and things of that nature, um, how do you think he's kind of handled the responsibility of being the guy to, to deal with this rebuilding uh, process with the Nats? You know, I think, you know, on a personal level, I think it has at times taken a toll on him. I think he would rather win and and sometimes gets frustrated and things like that. But, you know, I think he's been the right guy for this moment. It's been a very uncertain moment for the Nationals, both with ownership and, you know, they're kind of in this purgatory where they don't know if the team's going to be sold by next year. and Everyone's jobs are kind of day-to-day. He seems to handle that well. He seems to give young players sort of the space to fail, which which some people are not good at doing. So I think he's been just kind of a really friendly face for a lot of people in that room during, you know, a less than inspiring time. And in that way, I think he's done a great job. I don't know if he's the long-term solution. I, You know, it's we don't even know who's going to be making that decision necessarily with who owns the team in a year or so. But, um, you know, I think he's been someone that they could count on to be upbeat, and make people feel comfortable. And when you've got a lot of young guys coming in and out and failing a lot, I think that's that's kind of what you need. Chelsea, at the opposite end of all of this is the Atlanta Braves, a team we did wow. expect to be good. I'm not sure we expected this. I'll ask you this with a little bit of embellishment, but are yeah. like they've won 18 out of 20. They're hitting all these home runs. They have eight all-stars. They're running away. Are, are we watching a generational team here? Are we watching... A, a team for the ages. I mean, I know the proof will be in October, but man, they're really good. They're really good. I mean, I think you are watching something you're not going to see again. I mean, one of the things they've done just an incredible job of is locking up their guys long term. And, you know, part of that is the fact that none of their young, good players were Scott Boris clients. So they were kind of like available to sign long term deals. But you know, whether it's Austin Riley or Matt Olson or, or Sean Murphy, you know, everyone that comes there, they lock up. And you can see why, because, you know, that lineup is not only star-studded, but not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of know what you're going to get. And I think you're seeing the fruits of that comfort, of that consistency, the continuity. You know, they've just kind of put it all together. I, I think they have enough pitching. You know, they're going to get some injured guys back as the year goes on. But, yeah, they're just a juggernaut. They're a juggernaut every year. And... People kind of, I don't know if they forget it, but it, it almost they're almost so consistent. You know, we haven't necessarily put them in that conversation with teams like the Dodgers and others over the last half decade who have been there every year, but they certainly belong there. And, I mean, their all-star showing is, is unbelievable because not only is it 
pretty much everyone in their starting lineup, but Dansby Swanson, Freddie Freeman. I mean, you know, it's, it's like a very Braves-centric National League roster, and um, that doesn't happen by accident. Barring a, a monumental collapse, they'll win their sixth straight uh, National League East. They've overtaken Tampa Bay, which got off to that great start for the best record in baseball. Who do you think is their their biggest threat, their biggest challenge, just in the National League uh, that would, would impede them getting to a World Series? It's really hard to pick anyone right now, just the way that league is, is playing out. I mean, like the Central with the Reds, you look at that division, you don't see anyone that scares you. I think the National League West, I think they have far more depth than the Dodgers do. The Padres can't seem to figure anything out. You know, it, I think what it really is is if you hit a hot team at the wrong time, as we know, that that can kind of change everything. But but short of them falling to someone unexpected in a short series, they seem to be really built for the long haul, and and they're probably going to get better at the trade deadline because <laughs> they have the assets to do that too. So, yeah, they. I think we all should have known they would be really good. Um, they got maybe kind of overshadowed by some of the big spenders in, in New York and, and California, but man, they're loaded, and you know it's it's kind of unbelievable that all those names are going to be there for a really long time. Chelsea, you kind of stole my thunder because I was going to ask, you know, going, going, no, I was thinking why of Swanson. she's so good, Sean. Yes. That's why she's so good. Because I was thinking about Swanson and Freeman, and me and Bob have had this discussion yeah. before about you lose, you know, basically the face of the franchise a couple years ago with Freeman. Swanson was a very popular player with the organization, and yet they continue to win. And just you're, you know, going around Major League Baseball like you do. What's been like the word about how they've been able to, you know, like I say, lock up the guys that they've replaced Freeman and Swanson, and they just continue to win? It's like they didn't even miss a beat when they lost yeah. two valuable pieces that were a part of that World Series team a couple of years ago. You know, I don't think it's callous to say this, but I, I think they know their people. And, you know, it's not that Freddie Freeman and Danzy Swanson weren't crucial people in those rooms. You know, they were important clubhouse guys and, and leaders on the field. Everyone could see that. But I think they sort of, if they want to sign someone long-term, they're going to do it. And they did not do it with those two guys. And, they, you know, I think they sort of saw what could be next. You know, it's not that they were necessarily disposable, but it was like to to these Braves, you know, there were other options. And it just seems like they've made all the right decisions. You know, it seems like they evaluated their clubhouse really well when they said, we can afford to let Dansby go. We can afford to let Freddie Freeman go. Uh, we don't have to cling to them at a price that isn't comfortable. And I, you know, they just seem very smart about how they do that. And, you know, I don't think anyone thought Orlando Arcio was going to be, you know, the, mm-hmm. the next big thing, but he is. And, I think they just know their people, and they also have a really nice minor league system that keeps replacing, and and that helps too. And you made a great point about maybe what the Nats weren't doing as far as their farm system, and then you see what Atlanta does with their farm system, bringing guys up, and it seems like they can plug it in, and then they've been able to do that. Do you kind of see maybe Washington, I guess, I don't know if they can use a blueprint with what the Braves have done with the farm system, or... Are they, you know, getting? I guess getting to a point slowly but surely, we're going to take our time to rebuild that farm system and then be similar to what Atlanta has done in recent years with that. You know, I think the Nats are should look everywhere for that blueprint. You know, mm-hmm. I think there there was a stat that that somebody pulled the other day that they hadn't had a hitter they drafted hit more than ten home runs in their career since like Harper or Rendon, which which is not the way to win. Um, it's almost remarkable they've won as much as they have. So, you know, I think when you look at what the, the Braves have done and some of these other teams, 
you know, with both strong farm systems and winning major league teams, one of the, you know, common denominators is they get a lot out of young players mm-hmm. because those are the cheaper players. You can mock them up young. You're not paying them Scott Boris money, whatever it is. And the Nats just have not been able to sort of find those big producing young players where they can kind of get a lot out of them in their cheapest years. And and I think part of that's drafting. I think part of it's development. But if they're looking around the league, and we know they are, you know, I think they have to look at that and say, we've really got a hit on guys in the next couple drafts because, you know, if we're not going to spend, we're, that's, that's the way to compete. And that's mm-hmm. what everyone else is, is doing better couple more for you. Chelsea Janes from the uh, Washington Post visiting with us this afternoon on the Sports Huddle. 1061 ESPN. Let's go up the road even a little bit further from where you are and from us as well. And that's uh, the really nice story of the Baltimore Orioles over the past couple of years and obviously very good season this year. What do you expect from them, Chelsea, out of the second half? And I kind of asked that in the context of eyeballing them a little bit the last couple weeks. I'm starting to see maybe a little chink in the armor here and there. Then they Mm -hmm. call up a another top prospect and he does great what do you make of where the Orioles will be moving forward if you were to look into a into a crystal ball you know I think they I think you're right I think you're starting to see some of their weaknesses play out but I think they're as good as they seem like I think you know coming into this year I wasn't sure if a team that young could kind of keep it going um but like you said every time there's a little slip I mean they've got someone waiting and and you know i think their starting pitching probably needs to to get deeper but grayson rodriguez who came up and struggled earlier in the year has like a sub two era at triple a and he looks like he'll be back and you know they've still got two of the best prospects in the country in their system at like high a i mean they're just loaded so you know they are i think almost in a position to sort of fix those little problems that have emerged at the deadline just because they have so much young talent. And it's going to be a question of them picking right and making sure that the prospects they choose to send away to maybe bolster that rotation aren't the ones that they were going to need for their future. But uh, that's a really nice problem to have. And I think I think they are better than people think and that the deadline is going to determine exactly how good they are because I think their pitching needs needs a little help and maybe their bullpen too. But, but that's a good team and they – they don't lose a lot of games in a row. They, they they struggle, but they don't collapse. And, you know, barring a big collapse, I you know, I I think it's fair to, to believe in them a little bit. All right, last one for you, Chelsea. And um, we'll keep an eye on the Orioles and how they progress during the second half. But you've been doing this for a while now. You did it. Then you took a break to go cover the presidential <laughs> election. Not every writer can say that. And has come back to baseball. Uh, what kind of shape is baseball in? Has, has what the sport, the commissioner hoped would be happening, happening as you watch it on a day in and day out. And I don't just mean the rules, but I also mean the teams that are succeeding and the stars, literally, as I'm asking you the question, Dela Cruz is stepping to the plate for Cincinnati. People are watching him. They're watching other young players. Where do you think baseball is as we hit the All-Star break? You know, I think we we have watched them, if not sort of save the sport, because that sounds dramatic. I, I think they've really invigorated it with the rule changes, with, I don't know, just kind of changing attitudes towards young players in the sport. There's a lot of young star power. I got to go to Cincinnati last week and watch just the fans streaming in for this team. And last year it was the dead zone. And it just shows you, you don't have to be the big spenders, you know, to to compete. You can put a product on a field that brings people in. And when you do, people want to see it. And I think 
that's sort of the thing that baseball has been wondering is like what happens to these teams that can't spend well this year the teams that have spent have been terrible and everyone else has been you know the the feel-good stories so i think it's kind of best case scenario for them so far we'll see if that parody mm-hmm. plays out or when everyone runs into the braves or whatever but you know i i think if i'm major league baseball i'm i'm super happy with the way this season has begun because i think it's changed the trajectory of the sport for the better as you were speaking, Dela Cruz with an RBI double to tie the game for the Reds <laughs> yep. against the Nationals. Yep. And, and oh, by the way, did, did you go to Cincinnati for the Taylor Swift concert or for the Reds games? I went for the Reds game, but ran into some craziness with the Taylor Swift concert. But <laughs> man, it was unbelievable to see that many people there. Period for both. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you ran into Taylor Swift. That would have been really cool. No, no, no I would have led with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't bury the headline. That's why you're the great writer that you are. Uh, Chelsea, thank you as always. Always fun to talk baseball with you, and hope we get to do it during the second half of the major league season and on into the postseason. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Chelsea. Chelsea James from the uh, from the Washington Post uh, does a great job. And, yeah, there aren't too many people have on their resume. Cover Major League Baseball, cover presidential campaign wow. as well. Which I think she's is- I think she's had the most recent one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the most recent With presidential. Biden and, uh, yep. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, and Trump. Interesting. Um, she did. I think she's much happier covering baseball. I, I don't want to put words in her mouth or anything, but that yeah. might have ate, that might have added some uh, some yeah. years on her dealing yeah. with that, man. Yeah. I think it's easier to cover baseball than <laughs> it would be the presidential uh, uh campaign. So, and yeah, she was in Cincinnati when the uh Taylor Swift concert wow. was there. Wow. Nice. Look, I'm not a big music person by the way. And I'm, I'm, you know, Taylor Swift. I I like her music, but I, you know, I'm not going to the concert. Right. But she is amazing. Like every weekend, she's in a different NFL stadium. Like, say, like that's why I'm following her because I'm just looking at which <laughs> NFL state. But she it's sold really out. She sold out Link. The everywhere. Link. She sold out Cincy too. And she's doing like two or three shows every weekend in wow. another NFL stadium. That means another seventy thousand people least. three times a weekend, probably. That's crazy. It's crazy. And at least, what, a 90-minute or two-hour Oh, at least. At least two hours. Yes. That's impressive. I I mean, I know that's not sports, people, but that's... And she was at FedEx uh, recently, too. She's done that. She did uh, Soldier Field, I think. She's done Nashville. I know she was... I mean... When you get to that point where you're selling out stadiums, it's like you're... I want to say... Every weekend. You get into almost that iconic type uh, status. And I mean, she's, she's legit, but when... When you are selling out stadiums, forget the arenas. You're not going to. Yes. You're going out to stadiums. You're getting to like Elton John, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. Yes, uh, you know people like that. Even country, you know, country music uh, stars. You're you're that's rarefied air to say you have done that and you have set attendance records at these stadiums. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And she's doing it literally every weekend all summer long. Yeah. Like no load management for her. No, no, no. No NBA load <laughs> management for Taylor Swift now. And she did it in a she did it one in a rainstorm. Oh, that was Nashville. They that had was the Nash- lightning. Yeah. Poor that she was. See, I know my I know my I Taylor Swift, and it really all it all falls back on the fact that she's in NFL stadiums, and that's what I'm paying attention to more than the concert. Go itself. on Twitter, and she can, and it has all of the stadiums that you know. <laughs> yes, all exactly. Of the pictures. That's exactly yeah, rarefied air there. Absolutely, well put. All right, let's get a break in here. Time out on the sports huddle. We're already at about four thirty-seven. Thanks again to Chelsea James from the Washington Post talking some baseball with us. If you didn't get enough baseball talk, Bob Nightingale <laughs> will give us his perspective probably on many of the same questions from USA Today when he joins us a little bit after 5 o'clock. Back after the break, 106.1 ESPN. 
His words can move you. Seriously, they can pick you up and carry you across the room. Or maybe that was the portergeist again. Hmm. Big Al is live weekday mornings 8 to 10 on 1061 ESPN Richmond near Anniston, Alabama. Be sure to head to Noble Street and behold the world's largest office chair. And while you're on the road, be sure to take us along. Listen to our live stream anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 1061 ESPN Richmond. So the Reds really did tie up the Nats. Well, as Chelsea was talking, Dela Cruz had a double wedged it just inside the third base line. One run score. The Nats did have a good relay, and they threw the mm-hmm. second runner out of the plate. So it's 2-2 in the bottom of the sixth. And again, that game had a long rain delay today, but it's brilliant. It's sun-splashed up there now, and it's getting that way here on south side of Richmond, our ESPN Richmond studios. Hopefully we did get some rain because we can always use a little bit of it. And then let's get the sunshine back out there again. I I, I gotta say this, and now that she's no longer in earshot, just like Matt with, and I would have done this too. He had Wiley Ballard on in the three o'clock, or who's part of the Braves radio network in their their pregame show, and mm-hmm. neither one of them. Now I I understand my allegiance to Philly and Matt's as well. Mine is stronger than his, <laughs> but both of them were asked about the biggest threats to the Braves. Yeah, and neither one of them. Barely mentioned either the Phillies or the Marlins, the two teams in the National League East. I'm I'm like, I'm outraged. Come on. And they're playing each other this weekend, by the way. While the Braves are playing Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. the old World Series preview possibility. Could, could be. The Phillies and Marlins are playing in Miami. But I really think both of those teams, you know, have a legit chance in a short series against Philly Atlanta. did last it certainly year. Certainly happened last year. Philly did last year. And that key, and what did I say? Remember, I told you last year the key was to get that first. Yes, game. you did, and they did, and they were able to do that. Yep. Um, so neither I, one of them, though, kind of, they all went like Arizona or maybe the Dodgers. That Dodger team when they're when they're healthy and yeah, they're, they're right, they're good. I know, man. That's a that's a a pretty good lineup, just like Atlanta's. And we were talking about it during the break when you know how how active will Atlanta become the trade deadline? And you mentioned the fact that most of these starting pitchers will come back, I'm assuming, right around that point or a little bit after that, you could have a six-man rotation when Wright, Soroka, uh, Freed come back with an, uh, with this all-star pitcher who started the year in Gwinnett. You got Charlie Morton, who has been here forever. Yep. He was here when the Aubrey's <laughs> were. I think he remains the, he's the, the last, last one. The last active <laughs> Richmond Brave in the majors. And the current, who I'm, I'm missing another pitcher, uh, 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 Stephen uh, Str- uh, Strider. Uh, Spencer uh, for, Strider. Spencer, I'm sorry, right. Spencer Strider. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, like we were kidding. Yeah, no, that could be it. They you, get each designated day of the week, and that's when you pitch. I mean, that's <laughs> – I, I, I wonder, will that be asked, especially as you go into the All-Star break, like, hey, you know, with these pitchers coming back, do you have – is there thoughts of a six-man rotation? I mean, we've seen other teams do that. That could really be set up where, like, you you don't have to really go out and get a pitcher. You're going to get three during they, that point. Right. And all then, those guys are coming back. And they come back healthy, two. and then you can figure out, okay, let's how do we do it? Do we go four or bring a guy off the, out of the bullpen? Do you go five and bring? It's it's a it's going to be a unique dilemma for Coach uh, Brian Snitker, um, but uh, it will be a great position to have. But somebody is going to be left off. And you just wonder who that one will be 
come October. If they all come back healthy and they mm-hmm. all pitch well, yep. somebody's going to get left out. Either a long reliever or he's off the short uh, that short series uh, roster. Be very interesting to see how that plays out. And that's what it's all going to boil down to for them now. They, yeah. they, they figured out how to win the regular season. Yes. They got that formula down pretty good. Yes. Now they need to figure out like the, the old postseason. Those old teams. They right. They won the 14 division. straight yeah. divisions and one World Series. Yeah. Don't anybody think that's a failure, by the way? That is not no, that's a not. failure. It is not. I don't care what Matt says. I don't care what anybody says. That is not a failure. Because they went to, was it did they go to five World Series? I don't even know how many World Series they. The wound Yankees up going twice. To, it was the Yankees twice, the Blue Jays once. That's three. They beat Cleveland. That's four. And they lost to Minnesota. Minnesota. So that's year. five. I think it's yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah, because they went to they went to two straight, and then they did. Yeah, yeah. six, seven, nine. Yeah, I think it's five. Five yep. in that decade, and they won the one. Yeah, and then they won one. Two years ago. Two right? years ago. Yeah. And that whole Mark Wolos, if he does not throw that breaking pitch. <laughs> wow. Listen to oh you. Oh, my goodness. That, that, that's still, for the life of me, why are you doing that? Another former Richmond Brave. My goodness. Yep. That, if he doesn't throw that pitch, how things would have changed? Because they were up 2-0 in that series. Larry hits the homer. They win that game. They never look back. Could have been the Braves decade if it if, could be if could he doesn't been. throw that that breaking pitch. Yep. Man, yeah. <laughs> quit looking in the rearview mirror. Go I know. Look out the front windshield. I know. All right, break time for us. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get you up to five o'clock. Maybe something other than baseball. I don't know. Because <laughs> right after five o'clock, we're going to talk some more baseball. So we'll we'll slide something else in. Maybe if Sean's choosing here, what, oh, what's okay. coming up? Well, I hear football. that. I hear that big tall guy is getting ready to make his summer league debut. Victor, Wimbenyama, about yeah. to make his summer league debut. Although I hear there was a skirmish amongst his uh, security detail and another rock star singer. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. We'll, we'll get more into the Inside Edition and People Magazine and all that good <laughs> stuff when the sports huddle comes back on 1061 ESPN. Braves will keep us in mind. Follow the Atlanta Braves as they battle for a sixth straight division crown here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Well, they're going to win that sixth straight division <laughs> crown. And there's no Braves baseball tonight. They are off and they start a series with Tampa Bay tomorrow night in Tampa Bay, which, by the way, has lost the first two of a three-game series Ooh. to the Phillies. Ooh. Only the second time this year they've lost a home series. Wow. The other was to the other World Series participant, the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. who won the World Series. And now the Braves are coming in there. And the best place to catch it tomorrow night is right here on 1061 ESPN because it's the Apple TV Plus game tomorrow night. And a lot of people don't have that Apple TV Plus. So it'll be right here on 1061 ESPN. Get it on there. (laughs) That'll be an interesting trip. You go from Tampa Bay and then you got to fly cross country. The, uh, the eight All-Stars. Yes, to the All-Star game. To the All-Star right. game in yep. Seattle, for goodness sake. They'll wow. be on their own cushy private plane for them. Uh, hopefully the team will oh, take care of they that. They will take care of that. We had that issue last we year. We did. We did. But there's eight of them, so yes. it's worth their money. Yeah, they, you know? Yes. Please well, take care of the uh, yeah, of those they'll, they'll guys. Take care of them. And your guy, Charlie Morton's pitching tomorrow night. For, there you go. For Atlanta. The yeah. last R Brave still in the majors. Yep. Charlie Morton. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, is that right? It used to be. It used to be him and Prado. Those were the two guys. Ah. Martin Prado, Prado retired what five six years ago, something like that. Yeah, I guess I and, lost track of him. And then Charlie Morton is still the the, the last, last link. 
of the All Braves still in the majors. Wow. That's crazy. That that really is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Braves and Rays tomorrow night. There's no uh, no Braves baseball tonight. You'll hear ESPN radio programming this evening and like we said more baseball talk is coming up right after the top of the hour bob nightingale from usa today is going to join us this afternoon many of the same questions we posed to chelsea we'll see if we get a different perspective and a different take you're going to hang around for a little bit i know you got to uh, go yeah, or I you got to get I, I can stay with uh with, with that yeah. all right all right we'll do that you must have the whole show planned out and ready to go it's right. basically yeah. done, it's, done. <laughs> it's basically done i have to do a tease but basically uh yeah the six is basically done good I got there early because I had to go to uh, the kicker's presser was at noon. So instead of me driving from, they had it at Collegiate they, over there off of Blair. Is that where they train or practice They train there Tuesday through Thursday. Not at City Stadium? Yeah, they don't... only Friday at City Stadium. I learned something. So when, uh, don't when want I... to tear up the turf or something? or What was it? Something about road games. If it's a road trip, ah. they would do it. They have some partnership with the Collegiate uh, campus off of Great Blair. fields out there. It oh, is. Yeah, beautiful it is. complex. And we were doing the interview. They had a lightning delay, so the sirens <laughs> went off, so we had to go inside <laughs> and do the rest of the interview. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, so I was like, instead of me driving all the way back home, just stay in Richmond. You build the show early and then come over here. And, and, and relax for and, an hour. And, 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 and talk relax for an hour, a few minutes, and, then, and talk baseball because it's basically – that and Taylor Swift. We're That's gonna, been the show. Oh, and we got some more music gossip kind of stuff <laughs> and NBA gossip. Now you're going to have to wait past our Bob Uh-oh. Nightingale interview for that uh, to do that. The uh, Nats just went back ahead of, oh. uh, of, of Cincinnati. A rarity, oh, Alex, a home Alex run. Call. Yeah, that yeah. is a rarity. He just came back up from the minor leagues, too. Yeah. They called him back oh, up. I like that. I like ah, that. Break time. We go. Uh, 5 o'clock, ESPN Sports Center update is coming up. And then Sean and I will be back with Bob Nightingale, USA Today baseball writer. We'll get his thoughts on baseball when we return after the Sports Center update. Keep it tuned right where you are. It's the Sports Huddle for what is turning into at least a partly sun-splashed <laughs> Thursday afternoon. Back after the top of the hour break, 1061 ESPN. For adults-